0: Hey, 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 welcome back to Parent Q Live back because I'm hoping most of you have listened to this before. Also, hey, 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 does that remind you of anything? Is any is anyone else listening listening to this as old as me? Hey hey hey. You guys know what I'm talking about? Remember Fat Albert? Fat Al- Fat Albert? Like there is no way that that cartoon could ever be named Fat Albert in 2018, but it was one of the greatest shows ever. I felt like I had people I could relate to. I was just like, I was like, I was, I was, I was the dude with the mask on Is this, am I going too far? Oh, nonetheless. Guys, my name is Carlos Whitaker, or Carlos Enrique Whitaker, and we have an incredible opportunity today to learn about our words, our words. Now, words are really important. Um, words uh w- words are what what weave us together uh, do you guys do you guys play that game trivia crack that that that's a game that my kids started playing well not only have i gotten a trivia crack a game filled with words but do you guys ever play the game here's the one that's that's addicting hq trivia hq trivia it's live on your phones at 3 p.m and 8 p.m eastern every single day um i play it every day And my family actually gathers around these words on our devices. Yes, the evil devices that we're trying to get our kids off of. We sit on the sofa every single day at 2 p.m. because I'm central time and our kids, we homeschool. So they're home. And then at 8 p.m. And we play this trivia game and they give away money. And it's so much fun. And we've gotten to question eight as a family. I don't know how far you guys have gone, but... It's actually a fun way for you guys to hang out together. So if you haven't downloaded the app, HQ Trivia, go ahead and download it. Hey, it'll listen. And if you want, you can use my code LOSWIT, L-O-S-W-H-I-T. It'll give me a free life. That is how addicted I am to this game that I'm asking the Parent Q Live podcast listeners to give me a life. And it this podcast is about words. And this game is so loosely based on words that I'm making the connection just so you guys can play with me. Okay, None, another caveat, guys. I, I mean, 2018 is off to a rockin' start. Okay, what are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about words. And we have a wordsmith on the podcast. We have a wordsmith on the podcast that, let me be, let me be honest with you, I don't think this is gonna be uncomfortable, but I had a crush on this wordsmith before I was married, before I was dating my wife, when I was working at Brian Christian bookstores in Fresno, California, she actually came in for a CD signing. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, she's incredible. And then when it came time for somebody to choose to interview, I said, it's going to be me. I'm going to, who are we talking about guys? We're talking about an incredible wordsmith, musician, artist, sarah groves sarah groves has been releasing music um for years and her music is just getting better and better sarah has such a connection with words and our kids and i really look forward to you guys sitting back and enjoying this podcast you don't have to sit back you can walk if you want a lot of you guys walk and i always say sit back before we start the interviews so stand up get on your head sit cross-legged lay down whatever you need to do and enjoy our conversation with Sarah Groves. All right, friends. So we are now here with Sarah Groves. Sarah, um, you're you're a songwriter. You've been writing songs for a long time, and you've got a collection of songs that um, the, your most recent release. Now, it's all hymns. Can you tell us a little bit about this project?
1: Yeah, so as as long as there have been iPhones, my husband has been keeping a little note uh, file of songs he wants me to cover if I ever did a hymns album. And um, yeah, so I just, it came time, I guess, to do. (laughs) I was super excited. to. We had probably 40 songs collected. And um, honestly, I found I was writing I'm, you know, I'm always writing music, but I find language right now to be really tricky. Um there's mm-hmm. just so much I yeah. uh, everything is loaded, you know, yeah. uh, all all language has been kind of commandeered and it's very divisive and so I thought um there's some pretty prophetically imaginative people writing uh, about the nature of God and his call to us um from way back and I uh, I ended up selecting a lot of songs from kind of the early 1900s Americana Okay. Cat style Fanny Crosby era. So yeah, did a did a record and we recorded it in our um we my husband and I own a hundred year old church where we do art community. Wow. And um, so we recorded there and it was wonderful. It ended up being the a very cathartic process.
0: So it's it sounds like it sounds like um you know as you're speaking of a cathartic process, like this was something that even during the journey and of recording it and creating it. Was something that maybe um, kind of maybe I, I won't I won't say fixed some things in your soul, but shifted and moved some things in your soul. Talk to us a little bit about what it did for you as you were writing the record.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, when you're you're not thinking so much about are these good songs like you do on a normal project because sure. these are hymns and they have you, pretty much the you know testimony of all these all these decades behind them. But I my last record was called Floodplain and it was largely about my struggle with um with depression I have written pretty transparently about my marriage and parenting and all kinds of stuff but um I was really nervous about opening up about that part of my life and um but uh, these are songs that really dwelled with me they were with me on the floodplain so it, it felt like a really natural next step for me to then share these songs that I had sort of inhabited my life during that season and um Really, the focus of the record, I think, ends up being on the friendship of God. He is not like a man. He doesn't keep records of wrongs. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He extends this amazing uh, friendship to us and invites us then to extend that to others. And it's, um, I think, that is the resonating theme of the of
0: the new album. I love that. I love that. Um, speaking of the the hymns and the theme of the new album, how has this um, again, this is since we're parent Q and this is a parenting podcast, um, as, as, as you, mm-hmm. as you were creating the, the record and, um, you know, you're really kind of diving into the heartbeat of these, you know, writers of these hymns and the, and these hymns, how did, how did it during the journey affect even some of your parenting? Maybe were there, were there certain hymns that, um, you know, shifted and, and moved your perspective as a parent? Maybe were there some hymns that, uh, you loved singing with your kids? Kind of what did that look like on the parenting side of things?
1: Well, two things come to mind. I think that parenting is really super humbling. I have two teenagers and a tween right now. And um, so I think the way you parent when you have younger kids is that you're coming from that place of cautionary tale. You read the Bible that way, you know, like, hey, kids, do this. Don't do this. It's like, yes. here are the minimum requirements to get into heaven, you know? <laughs> that's, that's like. Totally. And so you kind of reduce some of these stories. And I think as a parent of teenagers, you start to read the Bible very differently. These are real human beings with complex, you know, issues and emotional needs. And God, I think the story is really of how God meets these people, uh, us, over and over and over again. I feel the need and the declaration of grace more profound than ever, um, especially as a parent of teens. It's humbling. Um, You're, you know, you're exposed. You're like, uh, you've not, you know, forget doing it all, Perfectly, you know, yeah. all the stuff you knew when they were little, when you could just sort of like say it and it happened. Uh, those days are gone. You're dealing in actual relationship. And I think these hymns, like in the song Abide with Me, for instance, it starts out saying, Lord, abide with me. It's getting dark here. You know, um I've heard that you're a friend of the friendless. Will you could be a friend to me? And I find the need for that type of grace is my kids really necessary and more and more like that's the only route, really, wow. um, is to say, like, hey, I'm here. You're, you're 17, you know, you're like, you're going to accept some things I've said, you're going to reject some things I've said. Yep. Um, I hope my life has, has been a testimony to you. And, um, and then here's this, here's this never ending, never going away friendship I'm extending to you wow. as you move into adulthood.
0: Wow, that, that's awesome. You, you know, I've got a, I've got a 15 year old, 14 year old and an 11 year old. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about, it, especially as a parent, and things are shifting and moving in your kids hearts. Uh, and and you, you know you're right. There's some they're going to get to a space where they're they're not even going to necessarily believe the same things uh, that you believe. Can, can you maybe even uh, press into that a little bit about not not that that's even happened, but but maybe there's some some parents out there that are listening to this podcast going, yeah. okay, you know, uh, Sarah, like like this is great, and and your hymns record really you know touched my heart and really ministered to me." But I, I'll tell you what, my 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 kid is not believing what I'm believing anymore. Like what, what, what's some hope that you can give to some parents in that?
1: Well, my 17 year old this year has been asking a lot of hard questions, meaning of life stuff, you know, um, a couple things. I, first I was really afraid. I had community around me, girlfriends to say, Hey, this is right on time. It's just, you know, it's actually really positive that, that he's, he's talking to you. And mm-hmm. so I've, I've just, again, like I want to incarnate Jesus. What, what is he doing? He's, you know, he's, um, he's present, uh, and meeting people where they are. I want to, you know, I've told my son for a couple of years now, like my whole goal is to send you out, you know, you'll be making your own decisions shortly. So, um, you know, like, here's why I think this is the way this is. And, yeah. um, I've tried to treat him like a, an adult in the making from very young. You know, I think, um, if my mom did something well, uh, that, I mean, she did a lot of things well, but, um, some people don't parent like their parents did. I very much took I took a lot of what my mom did, but she treated me like I was an adult in the making from the very beginning, and I've tried to do that with, you know. So Kirby's asking a lot of questions right now. I'm trying to make space for that. It is scary, though. You know, there. Yeah. He's, you know, he's like, "Mom, I heard this really smart guy on the internet." It's like, "Oh man, <laughs> right <laughs> here, here's some other smart people," and and just like, yep. Um. Just also though not being afraid of his questions. I think I've tried to teach him that we're not going to, that's not, we're not going to take that tone of, of being afraid of. That's a good question. So I think that's where I start most of the time when he's asking these questions. And then, then to remember that the, again, the Bible, we've reduced it to this sort of pragmatic thing, uh, minimum requirements to get into heaven. And that's not what it is. It's not a cautionary tale. Yes. It's this very epic story of humanity and of humans coming with real human questions. So, yeah. I, you know, said, like, look, read Ecclesiastes. Like, this is the wisest man that ever lived. And he's yeah. saying, like, some pretty hard stuff about life. And my son, I think, felt, okay, I'm not alone. There have been, yeah. I, I'm walking. I said, you're not alone. You're walking in a rich history of smart people asking hard questions.
0: Wow. That's so, yeah, it's kind of, you know, what I love about that is, you know, it, you're not freaking out at at the questions. You know, I, I think that, I think a lot of parents can, can tend to overreact when we get some difficult questions. But, um, I, you know, what I hear you saying is really to sit, just kind of be Jesus to them, be with them. Yeah. So good. Listen,
1: really listen to what he, what he's really asking, you know, because behind it is, is I don't feel safe. I don't know if he looks out for me. I don't know if he's got my future. Hmm. So a lot of times it's the question behind that question. That's really what he's trying to get at. And it's like, man, and to relate, I, man, I've been there. I, have been really afraid, you know, I, this is what, this is what I've seen. And I think that's all bearing witnesses. You know, when we go into these sort of calculated places, um, I compare it to like Eva on the movie Wally. We have a lot of directives. I think evangelicals have a lot of directives. And if the switch gets flipped, it's like, these are, this is what I have to say now. Yes. And we can lose a human connection. We can lose that relational and kind of switch into our direct, this is my directive. Yeah. And I think when our kids, when they, when they trip those switches in us, we have to kind of shut that off and go, wait a minute, there's not this perfect thing to say right now. I actually need to really just listen to you and then bear witness. This is what I've seen Jesus do in my own life and, and let that bear fruit, you know, um, and let that sit. you know, be a seed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that. No, thanks for sharing that. The um, uh, one of the things that, that you talked about at the very beginning, where you recorded this, this record um, was, was, was a space, Tell us a little bit about this space that you and your husband have opened that it seems like, from, from what I'm hearing, uh, serves a, a multi-use of, of of ideas that you're kind of pulling out there. What, tell us a little bit more about yeah. this space.
1: Well, my husband and I fashioned after Charlie Peacock's uh, art house in Nashville. were connected with his work there. Uh, we opened Art House North in 2011. We bought a 100-year-old church. And um, we uh, have done the, the tagline is creative community for the common good. There's no good uh, elevator speech because all <laughs> kinds of crazy things happen there. But uh, creative community for the common good is a good place to start. And uh, we have a theater company that operates out of there and we do all kinds of, we have an after school, like school of rock program for kids. And uh-huh. so basically it's a lot of partnerships with people in the neighborhood, people in the community. And we set up a studio there this summer and we recorded this record there and it was beyond uh, surreal to be recording these songs in a place that was built for congregational singing, you know, it was built sure. for people to sing like that. So that was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: Did you, um, I, I haven't heard the record. Is, is it a live thing? Is it a studio thing? Are there people singing with you?
1: We, we did bring in, um, so it started out, we were going to set up a mic and just do a live thing. It ended up becoming more of like, we did We did set up a studio. We tracked in the, everything was tracked in the art house. Okay. And we brought in a group of neighbors and friends, and I told them, you're not the group up front. You're not with a microphone. <laughs> right. I wanted it to feel like you'd stepped into the back of a church and you're hearing the congregation sing. Yeah. So there is some congregational singing on the record, but it's just like, uh, this is you know, like, you hear my dad break through every once in a while and he's got this awesome, robust voice. And I said, you know, it's not like you're the choir. It's more like we're, you know, giving the onness of worship back to the people. And, yeah. um, all the songs were, um, kind of again, that Fanny Crosby era. Um, you know, I just love the language. It's like, Lord, it's like they, every song covers the arc of, of the gospel, you know, mm-hmm. it's getting hard down here. And, uh, would you come? Oh, you did come. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, Noah live with us, abide with us. Yeah. yeah. So it's all these great um, songs of God's friendship with us.
0: I, I love it. I, I, I want to ask you one more question. I know we're, we're on a time schedule here, uh, but just, just knowing, knowing of your work for so long, um, and I mean, I used to work at a Christian bookstore 12 years ago, and I remember I was in the music department and selling your records. And you, you've always had a uh, um, you've always had a way with words and with lyrics. And I love that you're you know leaning into hymns on this last project. I mean, talk to us just for a minute about about the importance of words, the the importance of the words that we're using as we're parenting our kids, the words as people are writing their blogs. And it just seems like words are flying around so freely and quickly on Twitter and um, and so loosely. Talk to us for just a moment about the power of, of, of words. Yeah,
1: man. I think, um, it honestly, it, it has been so disheartening to me lately. I, I, I have a hard time. My, my feelings are hurt almost. <laughs> the best yeah. way I could talk about is like how the church is responding um, right now to any number of things. And um, and I, I did feel like in a way I had to go back to this old language and kind of go, hey, remember, we're, we're real sentimental about this stuff, but this language is real. Like
0: yeah, uh,
1: this stuff that we're talking about, it really does matter. And what we incarnate, like are you trying to incarnate law? Are you trying to incarnate um, – I, I want to be – incarnationally uh jesus and jesus is so he says some funky stuff he's like <laughs> at the time when the disciples would be like draw this crowd in then jesus says this really drops a really hard thing or or he's like don't tell them this right now and so i think we need some discernment right now i think we need to recover language and as an artist who does love words um that's my hope moving forward is that um that somehow with, with this these hymns i want to i want to kind of put up a mirror of remembrance of like, this is the character of God. He loved us when we were not lovable. Um, he extends this tremendous grace. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He asks us to do the same now with our neighbor. And so how would that change us? How would that change our language? How would that temper our conversations? And um, so in a way I, I had to go back in order to move forward. And uh, and that, that was a very real reason for this record is to kind of, Oh, where's the language that works anymore, yes. you know, because it, it's hard. You're right. Words are flying.
0: So good. So good. Well, Sarah, thank you so, so much. If people want to uh, find out more about you or, or buy the record, where can they do that?
1: Sarahgroves.com. It's uh, Sarah with no H.
0: Okay. Sarah with no H. So good. One. <laughs> Thanks so much for uh, spending some time with us here on Parent Q, and we really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Carlos. Have a great day.
0: All right. Bye-bye. What did I say um, that conversation with Sarah? It was so um, well for me, I was, I was like reliving my early twenties that I was actually talking to Sarah Groves. It was, it was incredible. Uh, but it was also, it was also really convicting on, on the words I choose with my kids and the importance of the words that we choose when we're raising our kids. I mean, not only the words that we use, Right. But the words that they're using and and the importance of helping kids process doubts and not being afraid of their questions. You know, um, as our as our kids get older, I just I loved how Sarah was talking about that. Listen, their words are going to craft questions that um, may make us a little bit uncomfortable. So it's important to um, just help our kids process those things. And it, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So thank you, Sarah, for that conversation. Um And guys, hopefully you enjoyed that. Listen, if you enjoyed it, we'd love for you guys to go to iTunes and rate us five stars. single Five stars. And um share it. Let everybody know. Let all your friends know. Let other parents know about the podcast. You guys, um, we're going to have a recap of this episode and links to Sarah's new album, which she was talking about, in the show notes. Where? Carlos. Carlos. Where can I find the show notes? You can find them at theparentq.org slash episode five seven episode 57 the parent slash episode 57 You guys go there hang out with us share the podcast thank you guys so much for listening to the parent q and um that's it quick episode today but just another episode to give you guys a cue to do family better for parent q live my name's carlos whitaker and we will talk to you guys soon